All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I am chatting with Emily Fletcher, who is the founder of Ziva Meditation and the leading expert in meditation for performance. She has taught over 25,000 people the skill of meditation, is an international speaker and author with her best-selling book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, debuting at number seven out of all books on Amazon. That's super cool. And translated into 12 different languages. New York Times, Good Morning America, The Today Show, Vogue, and ABC have all featured Emily's work. She has been named one of the top 100 women in wellness to watch and has spoken at Apple, Google, and Harvard Business School. Ziva graduates include Oscar, Grammy, and Emmy Award winners, Navy SEALs, and NBA players, and now we can include listeners of Behind the Human. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And it's so funny listening to someone read your bio. You're like, whoa, it's like partly embarrassing, but then partly like, oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I did that. That's cool. I think yeah. we should give ourselves some self-love on those things. Yeah, that's right. I'll give myself a little pat on the back. And it's actually, and here's some more, um, since writing that bio, it's now 40,000. I've taught 40,000 people to meditate, which is pretty amazing. Rad. So amazing. Well, I have to say, I've been uh, very deep into your book, which was the first uh, entry point for your uh, style or, or method of meditation. And then, um, you know, we, we did another podcast together and, and since I've started taking the online training, it's just been uh, a beautiful experience. So I'm excited to dive into the techniques and the practice and all the awesome that you have to give. Oh, right on. Thank you for diving into the book. Yeah, it's really good. Really yeah. good. All right. Before we get into the work, first question, just so we can get a little bit grounded on who you are. And that is the question. So who is Emily? Like, What defines you as the lovely human you are today as we speak? Well, I would say that what's exciting to me at the moment is being a mama. I have an amazing son named Jasper, who I was just talking to my nanny and, and I was like, does he seem just exceptionally happy to you? And she was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> and so that is just bringing me so much joy. And I am a meditation teacher and I am waking up in a whole new way. I feel like I, I've been on a journey of waking up, but now I'm just unearthing deeper things to be healed. And uh, it feels like I'm just entering a different phase of my evolution. We always are, but this one feels significant. Wow. So what does that feel like? That's, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing to say, obviously, and especially coming from someone that works in this space. And let's just say that has access to a lot of different practices and tools to, you know, to, to help with that wake up or be more present and self-aware and hear the signs and all of that. But now you're entering into this other phase. Like, how does, how does that feel for you? terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, cause this is all the stuff, this is like the deep dark stuff that I've been able to hide from and not really face. Cause look, I'm a high performer. You know what I mean? Like I can put on a good show. I got a nice face. I can do a high kick. I can make some <laughs> jokes. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. even at my worst, even on my worst day, people are like, Oh, she's doing great. You know? Sure. And, and so that's, fine. And, you know, being on Broadway for 10 years, like I can put on a show, I know how to go into rock star mode, but there's just a level of honesty and a level of clearing and a level of 
truly cleaning out my emotional wounds that's happening right now, partly voluntarily, partly involuntarily. Sure. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, it's, it's medicine, but it's, it's like, you know, it's cleaning out a wound. It's like, yeah. this hurts. And I would much rather just ignore it or drink some alcohol or have some, you know, put, have an anesthetic, but, uh, but no, we are, we're going to clean it out and we are going to be in integrity. And, and part of that is like, part of it was realizing what a liar I am. Um, meaning that I'm not like purposefully lying. I'm not like, Oh, I didn't steal that thing that I stole. It's not like that. It's just, sure it's a level of, of codependence, which I've just recently learned is, is um, putting other people's happiness before our own, which, which leads to manipulating the truth of like sharing part of the truth, sharing the truth in a way that you think will please someone else, not asking for what you want fully. And it's all, it's actually a manipulation of love and it can be perceived as kind even, but when you really get down to the, the crux of it, it's lying. And, and my coach says that, uh, a lying is not a moral issue. It's a happiness issue. Meaning mm. her, her take is everybody's a liar. We're all lying all the time. So the question is not like, are you a bad person because you lie? It's like, no, let's just go ahead and assume that everyone's lying all day. And, and the question is, if you can clean up your lies, really, truly get disciplined about it, the way you lie to yourself, exaggerations, minimizing, um, you know, hiding the truth, all of it that just the more you clean that up, the happier you're going to be. And wow. so my favorite flavor of lying is telling other people what I think they want to hear, or even not knowing how to check in with myself to be like, oh, this is really what I want because I'm scared it will upset someone else. And so facing that is just, it's, uh, it's calling a level of bravery up that I've never had before. Powerful. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I, I definitely would love to at one point in the conversation, move into, you know, some of the practices and tools that are helping you navigate through this, because I'm sure, well, I, I can definitely relate. And I'm sure everyone listening has their own story and their own set of internal lies, let's say that they're processing as well, but it, it, it would probably be helpful to share a bit of your uh, backstory on how you got to this place and, and, you know, how you got to the bio I just read essentially, because, you know, you, you've helped 40,000 plus people directly, but probably millions indirectly in, in some capacity. And there's a story behind that. So let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be on Broadway. It's the thing I dreamed about since I think I was in fourth grade and I worked really hard and I got really lucky. And my second day in New York, I got my first job and I worked for 10 years on Broadway, singing, dancing, acting. I did, you know, a chorus line, Chicago, um, the producers, 42nd street, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I did, I toured in Russia and Japan and China and did three national tours. And so I had a really great run of it. And, and then my last show was the chorus line and started suffering from pretty intense anxiety because my job was understudying three of the lead roles. So you basically never know who you're going on for. So it's just constant fight or flight, constant anxiety. <laughs> Sounds like to... a low stress situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, it's just, I still have stress dreams oh, about man. it. FYI, I'm 12 years out <laughs> and I still have dreams that I'm in the wings and I'm like getting put on for a character and I don't know the choreography. I don't even know what side of the stage they enter on or where their costumes are. Oh, so man. it's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I was just like, I started going gray at 26 years old. I started having pretty intense insomnia, couldn't sleep through the night for 18 months. 
and, you know, going great, getting injured, getting sick all the time. And so it's very confusing why I'm on Broadway, living my dream, doing the thing I had wanted to do since I was a child. And yet I was miserable. And so thankfully this woman sitting next to me in the dressing room, she had a harder job than I did, but she was nailing it. And I was like, what do you know that I don't know? And she said, I meditate. And I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh God, one of you. Um, (laughs) But then finally I, I felt inspired to take this meditation course. And on the first day of my first course, I was meditating, which meant I was in a different state of consciousness that I had ever been in before. And I liked it. And then that night I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. And I have every night since, and that was 12 years ago. Then I stopped going gray. I'm 41 now. I have like two gray hairs. I was legitimately going gray in my twenties. I didn't get sick for eight and a half years. (laughs) I started enjoying my job again. My performance got so much better. And I was like, why is everyone not doing this? Left Broadway, went to India, started what became a three-year training process to teach. And then since graduating, you know, did all those fancy things you read in the bio. And it's really been the most rewarding, fascinating, exciting thing I've ever done. And oftentimes people ask if I miss performing and the answer is no, I'm still performing. It's just now it's my words. And selfishly, it's so much fun to wake up to emails from my students every day or now realistically it's Facebook and Instagram posts where people are like, this is changing my life. Mm-hmm. My panic attacks are gone. I got pregnant at 43 on my first try. I got a scholarship for $120,000 that I didn't apply for. My IBS is gone. My skin is better. I orgasm for the first time. Like, you know, I hear this all day, every day. And so selfishly that feels really fun to be part of someone's journey. It's not me that's doing that, but it is nice to be an alchemist in someone's journey to finding themselves. Oh, for sure. Well, and you can feel again, you know, going through the online trading and and reading your book and having had a few conversations now with you. I mean, you can feel that in your, your energy and your essence. Like there's, there's something there that you can tell that this, you're doing the right work, right? At least, at least for now, who knows that might evolve and shift down the road, but right now it feels very true. Uh, just coming through your voice and your, your energy. It's beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Let's talk about vibrating all night because uh, you mentioned before people get any ideas what I'm talking about, I mean, the lunar eclipse that just passed. You said, I, I think you had told me it's, that's one of the first nights since you actually started uh, this, this life of meditation that you didn't sleep all through the night. Have you unpacked that at all? What was going on? Is that something to do with you know, everything that you're working through right now? Um, Yeah. So for everyone listening, so last Tuesday, there was a full moon and a lunar eclipse. And I had met with one of my witch friends that day and she (laughs) did, um, she, so we did two ceremonies together. One was a cord cutting ceremony and the other one was specifically around the full moon. And I'm not like, I'm sort of like a secret witch. Like I'm not super into astrology and energy and all of that. Like I'm more like, Hey, is this going to help you have better sex and make more money? And what's the science behind it? I'm, I'm more on yeah. that side of the spectrum, at least public facing, but I do have my secret witch friends. And anyway, I happened to meet with one of them twice in that day and with the full moon. And I did not sleep for any minutes, just literally wide awake Whoa. all night long. And my body was vibrating like pulsating. And it felt like there was just this huge download of energy happening. And that's never happened to me before. I think it was the day after that, that you and I did our last podcast together. And I was impressed that my brain was working. I was impressed that I was even able to make full sentences because I had not slept at all. Um, But now 
I, I slept the next night and I've slept every night since. So the good news is no more sleepless nights. And <laughs> yesterday I think was like another phase of the moon shifting. So look, this is like the worst hacks guide to astrology, but my understanding of this full moon lunar eclipse was that normally when there's a full moon, there's it's like something you can release. You're like, oh, I want to let go of this. You could write on a piece of paper and burn it up. Mm -hmm. But because this is a lunar eclipse, it was like a slower burn. And this thing that we need to let go of was is like a slow thing that's happening over the course of really the next month. Um, so, and that's that's reflected in my life at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, the other thing too. I, I'm kind of in the same page as you. I have, I have my, my secret witch friends and people I follow for inspiration in this space. One of them has been on the on the podcast, Jill Winterstein from, um, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but she has Spirit Daughter. There's been like hmm. two or three million people following that account. And wow. just a lot, she, she left me with this comment that really opened up my eyes to this this type of work. And it's just that, because she's a John Hopkins trained neurologist, I believe. And so she's, she's approaching this through science as well. It's not, you know, just this kind of uh, belief system or, or whatever it is without some backing. She just said, you know, if, if the moon can literally move the tide and we're made up primarily of water, I mean, there's something going on, right? And it's interesting, you know, that you experienced that. I, I didn't experience something like that on that on that lunar eclipse, but I, I keep hearing quite a bit about energy shifts coming, uh, I think like the end of this month or so, just globally, there's some planets aligning and whatnot. So, I mean, all to say, I, like, what do we have to lose to, to just be open and listen, I think is the, is the key. That's right. So my witch friend that I met with, she said that this century's magic will be next century's science. And I thought that was such a fascinating Ooh. way to sum it up because really that's what's happening now. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, yoga. Oh yeah, meditation. So true. Like, meanwhile, these Indian dudes have been talking about this stuff for 6,000 years. You know, Ayurveda has yeah. been around forever. And I'm like, oh, it's functional medicine. You should eat with your seasons and <laughs> eat locally. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, people have been saying that literally for thousands of years. <laughs> it's so true. And it's it's funny because I mean, I, I always get that with journaling. I think we talked about this last time, but you know, when I first started speaking about it, uh, I guess four or five years ago, I, was, I wouldn't even use the word journal. I would say, oh, I'm talking about mental fitness and reflection. Be like, okay, well, tell me more. And all of a sudden, when you start getting into the journaling, people had all these, these definitions or these notions of, you know, the 12-year-old girl writing in her diary about the boy at school or whatever. And not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I said, well, not necessarily. I'm talking about something that's been around for thousands of years and that like the greatest of leaders and, and, and pick any podcast that you listen to, people are dropping really powerful reflective questions. So, you know, this stuff is with us all the time. Just I'm talking about trying to be a little bit more intentional about your reflection and, you know, upgrading your questions. Because if you can do that, then, well, at least what I've noticed in the, in the theme of this podcast, you can also upgrade your life and your thoughts and your actions and whatnot. 1,000%. Which is something I wanted to ask you about, because I think you've been you've been in another uh, group which seems to be journaling focused and like it seems like intention setting for the day. 
Oh yeah, that's right. My my other witch group. But I think that this idea of um, it turns out it's like Emily. It's not a secret anymore. You're yeah. just a witch. You're like okay, stop pretending. Um, so, but I think this idea. I just want to what you just said. I think is great. You said upgrading your questions because this really pertains to the manifesting portion of the Ziva method, yeah. right? Because you know what I teach is mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And the manifesting is really just asking better questions and doing it from a better state of consciousness. But we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but as far as the these questions and the journaling aspects, so I'm in this group um, called Eight, and it's eight women. And every six weeks we play a new game. And so we get like an assignment or a challenge of sorts. And it would be something like, what's something that you don't want to do, but will be proud of having done? Or what's something that needs to burn before the end of the year? Or, you know, use your sleep to really like, create your dreams. Like you're imprinting your dreams onto your sleep. So things like that. And then the cool part is that every morning, so you get paired up and then in the morning, I will write my day out in past tense to my partner. So it's like, I'm manifesting, I'm journaling my day of like, oh, the interview with Mark was amazing. So many people felt inspired to commit to a daily meditation practice. I had a, so much fun with my son. We had magic emails in. Ziva Kids launch is going better than ever. And and then that night before I go to sleep, I have to go back to that same email and report back. Yeah, the Mark interview was awesome. Yes, I was super present with my kid. Didn't really get any magical emails in, but Ziva Kids is going awesome. So it's like you are being accountable to your dreams. You're, you're reaching, right? It's not just like, I'm going to eat breakfast and then yeah. meditate and then go to the gym because you know that's not really manifesting. That's just your to-do list. Um, so it's, it's, you're stretching your goals, but then they also have to be realistic. You have to believe that they're possible because you know, you're reporting back that night. And then to write it out in past tense is really interesting to have accountability, have someone else, you know, manifesting it for you. There's some emergent science around that. So it's just been a really fun game, a fun thing to play with. I love it. And it's, it's just this is something I talk about quite often is just, you know, starting the day on your own terms, essentially, because I mean, if we, if we allow life to happen, it's, there's, there's no doubt it's going to happen. There's going to be moments throughout the day that are going to be stressful or things are going to throw us off our game, but we've already won in a way, if we can start the day off with those intentions, right? And then you have this beautiful reflection at the end of the day that, again, I, I feel like many of us just we're on an autopilot, right? So just this, this quick break on, okay, well, what, what actually came to fruition out of that letter? And it's okay if, you know, not everything did, but I think it's a really great uh, exercise to celebrate the wins that did happen. Cause we forget about that. Obviously we remember all the shitty stuff that happens <laughs> throughout the day. Right. But there's yeah. a lot of great. Yeah. That's a really good, beautiful byproduct is that you're like, oh, right, this did happen. Oh, right, I did manifest that. And so it's like you're reminding yourself of how powerful you are every single night before you go to sleep. And then that strengthens your confidence for the next day. Because um, like you said, we're all really bad at, at celebrating our successes. What we're very good at as a species is worshiping our non-achievements. Yeah. And so this is a time to really go through just like journaling of like a gratitude journal or a success journal where you're like, oh, right, I did that. Otherwise, we're just like on to the next, on to the next. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk Ziva because I'm a huge fan and I've been dying to ask you how you came to, like, how did you come to the three steps? There's so many different discussion around meditation out there. I mean, there's been a lot of noise. I would say in a good way in the sense that people are, are at least being turned on to the idea of, okay, I can do this. But there's also a lot of 
like almost like fake meditation, you know, it's not really meditation, it's mindfulness in, in a way. So, you know, how did you come to your, your recipe? Cause it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, I just learned meditation and it changed my life. So, so much, you know, I had all those benefits that I just mentioned, but then, and then I was just teaching meditation for the first six years of my career. I was just teaching um, meditation, but I think it's important to delineate the difference between mindfulness and meditation. So here goes. The simple answer is that mindfulness is very good at dealing with your stress in the now, where Ziva meditation is very good at getting rid of your stress in the past. And this is a really important mm-hmm. distinction because dealing with your stress in the now is just a state change. And you can do a state change by drinking wine, watching TV, breath work, exercise, smoking pot. Like there's lots of things you can do to just be like, oh, I'm in a different state now. But really where you get the ROI, where you get more time back in your day, where your sleep quality improves, where your IQ gets higher, where your brain elasticity gets stronger, that's really happening as a byproduct of getting rid of your stress from the past. And that's the special sauce of Ziva. But here was the trick. So I was teaching meditation, just meditation for six years. And I started noticing that both in my community and in the meditation community at large. um, So you got to think I started teaching in 2000. 10, when in New York city, it was just me and a bunch of monks. I know that everyone in the world is a meditation teacher now and it's so popular, but back then it was, it was weird still. And so about six years in now we're like 2015, 16, and now it's more acceptable. Now it's a little bit more popular, but people are still like, you have to really convince them to meditate. You have to convince them that it's good for them. And then if they start, because they're usually doing it in a vacuum known in their community is also meditating, they were really falling off the wagon. And so I kept asking deeper and deeper questions because I do not understand how someone could be handed the keys to the kingdom. Like literally, this is the thing you're looking for. This unlocks all of it. Everything you think you want, the money, the sex, the book deal, the job, the million followers on Instagram, everything you think you want, you're actually chasing this feeling. You're actually chasing the experience you think those things will bring you. And guess what? Meditation is going to give you that experience right here, right now. So it was mind boggling to me that people could get the keys to the kingdom and then put them down. Like you learn this thing, you tasted heaven, and then you're like, nah, I'm too busy. And so I was like, there's, there's something else going on here. So I started asking deeper, deeper questions. And what I realized is that people, no one is too busy to meditate. Okay. Like if Oprah has time to meditate, you have time to meditate. Um, And so what people were really saying is, I don't want to feel my feelings. What was actually going on is they were terrified of sitting with themselves. They were scared of the intensity of the emotion that started to come up and out when you do a practice as powerful as Ziva. And so I was like, all right, well, how do we solve for this? Because that's just part of the process, right? Like you want to get stronger, you're going to have to rip your muscles, right? Like that's what strength is. You rip the muscles and they grow back stronger. You want to elevate into higher states of consciousness. Well, guess what? You're going to have to go in and scrape out the decades of stress and trauma that have been lodged in your nervous system. And that process can be a healing crisis of sorts. Like it can create a real detox, you know, physically and emotionally. And so that's when I developed the Ziva method. That's when we came up with the three M's of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And so here's how that works. The mindfulness is very much the appetizer. That's one way that we use it. So mindfulness is um, technique wise. It's where you're directing your focus. So all the apps, the YouTube videos, the drop-in studios are teaching what I would call mindfulness. 
Anytime you're focusing on your chakras or counting your breath or imagining a waterfall, you're directing your focus. I call that mindfulness. So we use that as like the appetizer, as the warm up, as the phase transition from doing, doing, doing into the deep healing, restful surrender that is the meditation. So that's one way that we use it. The other way that we use it is that in the first few days and weeks, when people can really start to go through a bit of a catharsis, is that I teach people to use the mindfulness to lean into those sensations. So you're having some sadness coming up and out. So you're having some rage coming up and out rather than thinking that something is wrong, rather than trying to fix it, rather than trying to numb it, let's use the mindfulness as a means by which to feel it, to really yeah. lean in and say, what is this feeling healing? What is this feeling communicating to me? And as you know, the whole point of mindfulness is bringing your awareness into the present moment and like leaning into the sensation. It's one of the techniques you actually learn when you prepare for childbirth is that they say, you know, wherever the most intense sensation is, is bring your mind right into the very center of that sensation. And interestingly, when you lean in, you let the body communicate what it needs to communicate. The sensation softens. Versus if you try to numb it, if you try to ignore it, the sensation will get louder, just like a little kid, mom, 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 mom. And then they start wrecking the house. So yeah. anyway, so if you frame this, if one, you intellectually warn people like, hey, this is likely gonna happen. I'm gonna be here to support you. And also I'm gonna train you on how to move through this. Your success rate you know, and your adoption rate just goes up precipitously. Um, and then what I've also found is that with the manifesting piece, this is very good for high performers, right? Because everyone still thinks that meditation is like a cute pedicure for your brain. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. And it's like, all right, well, this is just your brain that we're talking about. It's only responsible for making every single decision <laughs> in your life and printing every single cell in your body. So what the F else are you doing with your time? But I digress. So <laughs> when I work with high performers, they're like, you know, they're busy. I get it. So for them, it's like, all right, well, if I end with the manifesting, then me, quote unquote, wasting my time for 15 minutes. Well, at least now I can hitch that time to the steam wagon of my dreams, right? It's like, well, I can connect my meditation to my manifesting, which is like, kind of like get, making me better at work. <laughs> yeah. Well, what kind of language do you use though for that, that last piece? Cause you, you know, manifesting, for example, I feel is easily put in that journaling, you know, category or moon energy. It's like, it's like this whimsical kind of idea but that, I know that's not what you're talking about. Like how, because how, I, I think of, you know, some of these high performers and high achievers and, and we work with a lot of them as well at Thrive. It's like the language is so important to first get them to start. Mm -hmm. So I use the term manifesting really because I like alliteration. So I like mindfulness, meditation and manifesting. Yeah. And I think that by now, I think I have enough street cred with high performers, at least in my world, that I can get away with like a skosh of woo-woo. Um <laughs> But, and I think someone came to me, they said, I came for the performance, but I stayed for the spirituality. And I was like, that's exactly oh, it. Oh, I love it. That was like a great, that should be like our tagline. It's Eva actually. Yeah. Um, so with manifesting, I just try and make it as simple as possible. I'm like, look, you're simply consciously creating a life you love. It's you designing your own life. And here's the reality. We're all manifesting anyway. The question is, are you aware of it or not? Yeah, good are you, point. Do you like what's happening around you? Because either way, you're co-creating it with nature. And so I think just demystifying it, it's actually going to be my next book. It's going to be all the science behind manifesting and making a really practical Can't guide wait. to doing it. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. I, uh... I can't wait. 
speaking of books though, so what, what started the first book? Why, you know, being in that journey right now, it's, it's not like it's a, uh, a project that is just for, you know, a rainy day where you have a bit of spare time or something. It's a serious commitment. It's true what they say. It's really hard to write a book apparently. So I'm curious, <laughs> like what, what sparked the, the want to put this in a, in a book form as well? Well, I actually, it was so fascinating. So when I first started teaching, I just graduated from teacher training and there was a crunch gym in the basement of my building in New York. And I was like, I have to just start teaching. I need to just get in front of people. And so I went down, I was like, Hey, I'm a meditation teacher. Um, you guys interested? And they were like, what meditation at a gym? That's weird. You know? And again, you got to think like the, it was just a different landscape 10 years yeah. ago. So finally I convinced them and they're like, all right. So they gave me a couple of classes. I was making like, you know, $14 an hour and I had to go get CPR certified and, um, and I just wanted to get in front of people. So I was teaching and people would come and basically take this class for free in this dark, dingy, smelly gym basement. One woman came almost every week. And then a couple months later, she came and took my course, my actual course at Ziva. And then a couple months later, she emails me and she says, hey, I'm a literary agent. Oh no, the New York Times did a story on me. And it was all about like how people were using meditation to get ahead at work. And she read the article and she's like, whoa, I think there's a story here. I think there's a book in here. And I think that you're the person to write it. She's like, I'm a literary agent. I used to come and take your class back in the dingy crunch gym basement. And, um, you know, are you interested in doing this? And I was like, yeah, great. There is a book idea here. So it went through many iterations. It was first yeah. called Made to Matter. It was going to be like, uh, like case studies on my entrepreneur CEO clients who had started meditating and then changed their whole life life mission to make it more altruistic. Sure. Um, and so I went that, and I was trying to make it all the while this book called from vodka to Veda, which is a book that I've already written, but no one, literally no publisher wants to buy it, but I think it's gold. <laughs> it's just all my like hedonistic lascivious tales of being a Broadway showgirl with secret lessons from the Vedas woven in. And I'm like, y'all are really, you're sleeping on this, but yeah, it's no kidding. so good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chapter called the golden vagina. It's like, I don't, I don't sleep with stars, but if I sleep with you, you will become famous. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's coming out. It's coming out eventually. Yeah. It's going to come out. I think it'll be maybe book three um, or maybe it'll be a hybrid in book two, but anyway, yeah. so she, so her book agent, her name is Cassie Hanjan. She was amazing. And she was very much like a doula. Like she taught me how to do track changes in word. Like she very much taught me okay. how to be an author and, and really stayed on me with deadlines and just coming back to the point, back to the point, like this is meditation for high performers, meditation for high performers. Cause you know, as a writer, I'm sure you get bored with yourself. You get bored with your stories. You want to take it on a million different roads. And she yeah. was like, no back, you know, stay on course, stay on course. Um, so then we signed with HarperCollins, which was really exciting. And then I got pregnant. And so I was due to have a baby like two months before the pub date, the publishing date. And I was like, this is not a good idea. And the publishers were like, oh, it'll be fine. And I was like, have you ever breastfed a baby? Like, yeah. No, no, thank you. So anyway, we pushed, we pushed the pub date back a few months, um, but it was a wild ride. And it was really ultimately a three-year journey but one that I'm so glad that we took the time to do with as much care as we did. Cause as you said, we debuted at number seven, we were with like Michelle Obama and Marie Kondo. Amazing. Um, like it, that was really cool. And it, um, it just opened things up. Like it, it, 
it brought Ziva to a much bigger audience. And then so many new people joined Ziva online, which is our most popular 15 day training. And, and it just really kind of took things to a new level. I love it. And I love how, you know, all those little pieces of that, of your journey, like the $14, you know, an hour class, you, you know, essentially that, that had a huge role in this whole book journey, right? It's just, you know, trusting, trusting the process, I guess, is where I'm going with this and, and flowing with, um, you know, life as it, as it goes, essentially. It's beautiful. And to it's hear also that. like remembering that nature is a perfect accountant, you know, and that you energy begets energy work begets work, you know, so mm-hmm. if you are helping people and you are getting in front of people, that's going to lead to more opportunities versus if you're just sitting on your couch waiting for the phone to ring, you know, especially in this day and age when everyone feels like they're in survival mode, when everyone's unsure of where industries are heading and where the money is going and how the world is going to look, you know, through this transition, this is not the time to sit back and wait for opportunities. This is the time to very much look at the landscape, look at how the world is changing, be on the thin edge of the wedge, especially as meditators and use your intuition to say like, hey, this is where I think things are going. These are the problems that I anticipate and will need to be solved and start to solve them. Um, Because, you know, I think really the single marker of our success as humans in the coming decades, there's going to be our ability to adapt. And this to me is one of the most powerful benefits of meditation. Oh, for sure. I, I really chalk up all this, you know, mental fitness and mental training as, you know, it, it, it's just like physical sports. I mean, you're not trying all these new things when you're in the middle of your uh, downhill ski run, you know, <laughs> fighting for gold. I mean, you're relying on all the training that you've put in, which uh, back to your point about, you know, the mind and like that our life is the biggest game of all. So why aren't we spending you know, as much time as possible training it up, which that's why I'm so excited to hear stories about, you know, number seven and, and best-selling books with books like yours, because there's just so much exponential opportunity, not for just that reader, but also for everyone that that reader will then touch through their lives and their work and their mindset and mission and whatnot. It's just, it's exponential. Yeah. Like that's what I, I always to talk about which makes me so excited is like, yes, I'm very proud of those 40,000 people who I've touched directly. But what's much more exciting to me is the ripple effect of their families, their offices, their communities, their schools, their church groups. Like that, that really is what gets me excited. Yeah. Well, let's talk about more ripples here because we've got another one coming out with Ziva for Kids, which, you know, as a dad of a four-year-old, I am super excited to jump into this one. How did, how did this come up? So people have been asking me for years. This has been our number one most requested product. Like, hey, Emily, this has changed my life. Can I share it with my kids? Hey, I do teach kids. Can we bring this to our school? And I've just been like, no, 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 no. I'm not the person. I'm not the teacher. This is not, you know, it's not my area of expertise. And then I think it was becoming a mom. And I was say, having, then you had a kid. And then you're then like, we I need to bring kid. this to the market. Uh-huh. And I, I recognize like just how it becomes your whole world, your whole universe. You live and die by this human, this new human in your life. And, and I started, and then I was like, all right, well, let's partner with someone. You know, I I was like, I could probably find a great partner. I can outsource this. You know, they can promote Ziva for adults. I'll promote their thing for kids. It'll be great. 
And I just couldn't find anything that I thought was good enough. I didn't think there was anything that was teaching tools that were powerful enough to truly make a difference to where the kids were also getting their return on investment because their time is precious too. And, and I also didn't find anything that was entertaining enough. And I also didn't want to create something that would make kids more tethered to their phones. Yeah. Right. It's like, we've got, I mean, God bless. They're doing zoom all day now. And it's like, we don't want more screen time. So Ziva kids, while we do use technology just to move them through the training after they graduate, they're going to have these tools of mindfulness and meditation and manifesting to take with them for the rest of their lives. So this is very much a skill development. It's more like, you know, like tutoring or test prep or it's like a resilience training. I'm calling it emotional agility school. <laughs> and <laughs> the thing I like to share with parents is that like, look, we don't want to frame meditation as like medicine, right? There's nothing wrong with your kids. You don't want to say like, Hey, I know you've been feeling really anxious since the pandemic. We're going to do this meditation thing to solve your stress because no one wants to feel like they're being fixed. Right. So and especially true. not kids. Kids are perfect already. It's usually our stress. It's our stuff that we're putting on them. And so I very much frame Ziva Kids as this tool to help you get better at life. So it's like, hey, if you're, if you're into soccer, here's a thing that's gonna make you so much better at soccer. If you're into cheerleading, cool. This thing's gonna make you a better cheerleader. You wanna nail this test on Friday? Hey, guess what? Getting your mind right, like you using these tools to visualize, you know, how you want to feel when you ace that test. Great. This, this is going to help you with that. So I have a co-host, his name is Z bunny and he's awesome. Uh, he is a puppet that we've been working on for two years with folks from Sesame street and with some child psychologists from Harvard and Dr. Shafali, who's been on Oprah eight times. So we really have this mod squad of amazing experts yeah. and so we created this seven day training and in it each day Z bunny is training to be a superhero and each day he has a new challenge. And so he comes to me, I give him a tool and this tool helps him unlock these superpowers that are already inside of him. So each day he's learning to unlock his own bravery, his own creativity, his own kindness. And we shot it kind of like a Netflix show because we wanted it to be as entertaining as possible so that the kids would want to come back to it to refresh, but not like they have to be on their phone in order to meditate. Because my whole idea is that, do you want to be tethered to your phone to unplug? To me, that's like having an AA meeting in a liquor store. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Oh man, I'm just, uh, sorry, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm visualizing that and that's, that's not a great scenario. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but like, well, you know, we started yeah. showing my son's two and a half and we started showing him like truck monster truck videos. Cause he's so into monster trucks and construction vehicles. And <laughs> I, I was that. a little red, reticent, but his dad was like, okay, let's, you know, it's just a little bit he's learning, but then what would happen to him when we would take the phone away, it was like, he was coming off of heroin. Like it was mm -hmm. like a full blown addiction and he would get mean and angry. And this is not, I mean, my son is just not like that. And I was like, oh, this is bad. Like we can't, we can't, it's like be like giving him so much sugar and then taking him off of sugar immediately. And like, there's going to be a come down from that. Oh, so sure. I just wanted to be as conscientious as possible yeah. about the technology. So then how does it, is it, you know, you have the the videos or the the lessons, and then are they supposed to go off like with, I guess, their parent or or on the or, or by themselves? Like, is there something after the tech then that they they work on? 
Well, yeah. So the whole deal is that you move through these seven days and you have these skills, like they will have them already, but we did create an audio. So just to use as training wheels for the the first week or two afterwards. So you're really getting it to be a habit. And honestly, the audio is there more for the parents. So the parents have a guide of like, oh, right. It's this. Oh, right. It's this. Now we move into this section. Um, And we also, for the little kids, which is four to eight, so there's two different courses. Diva Kids is for ages four to 14. And there's two separate courses, four to eight, which is Diva Kids, and then Ziva Preteens, which is nine to 14. Gotcha. And with the kids, we created a sticker chart. So it's like, all right, so if the kids meditate three times in a row, then they get a sticker. And if you get five stickers, then they get a coupon. And the coupon is like a one song dance party with your mom. You get to pick out dinner tonight, like oh, make a amazing. cake, go to the, go on a walk in the woods. And so again, even the like reward system is very much offline, right? It's like, mm. go get in nature, go get active, go do things with your family. Um, and it's, and the parents can customize those coupons too. So they're like, I don't want to make a cake or if they're like, (laughs) wait, I don't feel like going swimming. You know, then the parents can override what goes in that coupon book. (laughs) Yeah. I, but I I love the relationship or the, the balance that at least you're explaining now of, of tech and the benefits of, of these practices, you know, it's because it's not about ignoring our, our current reality and, and how tech, because technology, there's, there's a lot of great benefit, but I think what this is, uh, what's really awesome about this is that you're a teaching people how to meditate and all of these mindfulness tools and practices, but then also helping form a healthy relationship with technology as well, which Mm. is not being taught. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's actually, there are some tools in there around, you know, how to manage your relationship with any sort of thing that you feel like has control over you, Um, which technology is certainly one of them that happens early on for kids nowadays. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Um, I'd love to just get some of your latest mental fitness practices. Meditation, obviously, I would say is a given, but, you know, just as, again, as you're processing and evolving uh, with your life right now and, 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 you know, navigating different events and stuff like that, like what have been your go-to practices to help Mm. So yes, meditation, mindfulness, manifesting for sure. Um, but I've added to that, um, I'm working out with a trainer and that might seem kind of like, oh yeah, exercise is so seventies, but I think with the pandemic, um, you know, I'm usually very, very active and running around and up and down New York city subway stairs. And now I've just sit and do zoom interviews and podcasts and live stream all day. And so I'm much more stagnant than I'm used to being. And that was impacting my body. I was, I was having physical pain and it was impacting my moods and my emotions. So I started working out twice a week with a trainer and it's really, I'm so much physically stronger now. And I have so much more muscle mass and I'm noticing that that's changing everything. It's changing my decision-making. It's changing the way my skin looks. It's changing my baseline level of happiness. And it's not even cardio, right? It's not even like endorphins. It's just mm-hmm. from increasing my muscle mass. I'm feeling like a huge shift. And I think feeling physically strong impacts oftentimes how you're making decisions in your life. So that's been a big one. Um, I have uh, two coaches and two therapists, like a privileged, privileged lady, um, (laughs) like, or a really sick person, one of the two. Um, But I have, I mean, I know that that's ridiculous, but um, so the coaching work is really where I've been doing that stuff I talked about at the beginning, like facing my lies, getting super in integrity, calling myself out on my BS, setting real, um, 
like promises for myself. I'm committing to do X, Y, and Z in a week. And if I don't hear the consequences, really getting intentional about the goals that I'm setting. Um, so that's been a big one. And then also playing around with this concept of sex magic, um, which I'm learning from my friend, Layla Martin, who's like one of the world's best Tantra teachers. And she's just so good at what she does. And the idea of sex magic is that it's really just the manifesting portion of Ziva, but on steroids. Um, Because the idea with manifesting is that you want to feel good when you are planting the seeds for your dreams. It's why the combination of meditation and manifesting is so powerful because you're flooding your brain and body with dopamine and serotonin. And then, like you said, upgrading your questions, you start to ask this question, well, what would I love right now? And you ask that question from a freshly meditated mind, one, right and left hemispheres of your brain are functioning in unison, two, you've accessed source energy, and three, you've got that dopamine and serotonin going. So you're planting those seeds for your dreams in very fertile soil. Mm-hmm. So if you take that, you know, about 10 steps forward, that's sex magic. And the idea is that you're, you're consciously cultivating sexual energy, which is the same thing as creative energy. And you start to move it up from your base, you know, the base of your spine, that root chakra, and you move it all the way up into your pineal gland or all the way up into the top of your head. And as you're building that sexual energy, as you're building that pleasure, like when you come to a moment of, of peak pleasure, then you're basically sending that energy to your dreams, to whatever it is that you're manifesting. And so it's really powerful and it's really fun and it's really, you can do it with a partner, you can do it alone. And so that's my new, my newest witchy uh, experiment. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I mean, but here's the thing, right? Like, I I love that you shared that you've got, you know, four different coaches and you're, you're working on this stuff because it it just goes to show, right? I mean, you're, you're really into this space. You're obviously an, an expert yourself in teaching many, but that, you know, doesn't mean that you're just sitting around complacent and ignoring things. You're, you're doing your best to expand and try new things, right? Which I think can serve as a really nice example for all of us that, you know, be open. There's, there's just so many awesome practices and people out there that can help. It doesn't have to be this stressful, scary, miserable world, right? There's, there's options. Yeah. I feel like I really truly have, I have a dream team on my side and a lot of them are my friends, but I feel like I have this super squad of superheroes to help me with any challenge that comes up. And like, as you were saying that, I'm like, can I just maybe take next year? Can 2021 just be my year to like, just make cookies and like (laughs) enjoy life for a year? Maybe not like do massive unearthing of spiritual karmic work. Just hang with Z bunny next year. I think think next year, 2021 is going to be my year for cookies and Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, I can obviously talk to you all day, all night. You're just, uh, you know, you're just such a beautiful energy and I love your sense of humor and, you know, just everything you bring to the table. So it's, it's been such a delight. Um, I do want to ask one final question and it's just, you know, all said and done. What, what makes you smile each day? Oh man. I mean, right now it's so cliche, but it's my son. It's his smile. It's his laugh. It's his enthusiasm and presence and joy. It just, it fills me with endless delight. Like I have huge, I'm getting so many wrinkles. I have like laugh lines and smile lines like I've never had before. And I think it's because I'm just smiling all the time with him. Like, great. I'll take it. It's amazing. Well, I mean, I have a huge smile on my face. So thank you for pushing that through the, the internet and Again, thank you for your time. And most importantly, I I think thank you for 
just showing up in the world for other people and, and starting with yourself, obviously making that decision, you know, many years before or many years back when on Broadway to be open and try some new things. And here we are, you know, affecting, uh, you know, I'd say millions of people. So mm-hmm. send some virtual love and a big hug. Thank you for all of that. Thank you so much, Mark. And right back at you. Thank you for creating this. Thank you for helping so many people through this podcast and all of your work. So it's, it's really, it's a joy to be on the same team. 